the fact that we have millions of young people taking to the streets demanding uh, a future, uh, that we're not destroying this planet, uh, means that they're being energized by these energies, these positive energies, for change. And that is a foretaste of this episode of the Planetary Makeover Show. In response to the heartfelt voices of an awakening humanity, we have evidence that divine help is at hand to work with us to create a hopeful future. Welcome, I'm your host David Minot, artist, activist, environmentalist, here to welcome our guest, Rich Tyke, who is a scholar of the spiritual esoteric wisdom, which, as you probably already know, encompasses all of the world's religions and their central truths. And as you know, our focus on planetary makeover is the emergence of the world teacher Maitreya, but we can't talk about that without discussing what Rich is going to illuminate us on today, the externalization of the hierarchy. The esoteric term hierarchy refers to that group of spiritual beings on the inner planes who are the intelligent forces of nature and who control the evolutionary process. Rich, happy to have you here. Um, Thank you, David. I'm glad to be here. And I understand you have a quote that you'd like to read to us before we begin our exploration of the topic. Uh, yes, I thought that uh, in, to give an overview of what we're going to be covering uh, in brief, um, we'll be looking at um, what is the nature of humanity on this planet, what is the nature of the spiritual kingdom that we call the hierarchy, what are the kingdoms in nature, and what is uh, the nature of the internal structure of the hierarchy, how do we see it from, from our point of view, what do they see, and also, kind of in conclusion, um, how what will it look like when the hierarchy is um, externalized in the sense that they are a part of our everyday lives? And then from that, um, the highest aspect of the hierarchy, which is um, the great lords, the, the, main, the main one that embodies love and wisdom, we call the bodhisattva or the Christ. And how will that work out into our everyday lives? So that's kind of a, a broad field, but we'll try to cover it um, in some fashion. Fascinating. And now, onto that great quote that you have prepared for us. Uh, yes, in order to set a context, um, I thought that I would read um, a description by Paramahansa Yogananda, who was one of the first uh, great teachers from India who came to America in 1920. And he was given an experience of cosmic consciousness for the first time when he was a student of his teacher, Sri Yukteswar, in India. Uh, and this will kind of set a context for the, the larger picture of who is humanity and what is going on on this planet, who are we. So I think then from that we will, we will work into some details. But I'll start this off. It's almost like a poem in a way. It's so poetic in the way it's expressed. So Sri Yukteswar was his, his spiritual teacher, his guru, and gave him um, the, his first experience of cosmic consciousness. 
Um, after that, he was able to do this on his own, but this is his first experience and his first description of that. Sri Yukteswar struck gently on my chest, above the heart. My body became immovably rooted. Breath was drawn out of my lungs, as if by some huge magnet. Soul and mind instantly lost their physical bondage, and streamed out like a fluid-piercing light from my every pore. An oceanic joy broke upon calm, endless shores of my soul. The Spirit of God, I realize, is exhaustless bliss. His body is countless tissues of light. A swelling glory within me began to envelop towns, continents, the earth, solar and stellar systems, tenuous nebula, and floating universes. The entire cosmos, gently luminous, like a city seen afar at night, glimmered within the infinitude of my being. The sharply etched global outlines faded somewhat at the farthest edges. There I could see a mellow radiance ever undiminished. It was indescribably subtle. The planetary pictures were formed of a grosser light. The divine dispersion of rays poured from an eternal source, blazing into galaxies, transfigured into ineffable auras. Again and again I saw the creative beams condense into constellations, then resolve into sheets of transparent flame. By rhythmic reversion, sextillion worlds passed into diaphanous luster. Fire became firmament. I cognize the center of the Imperium as a point of intuitive perception in my heart. Irradiating splendor issued from my nucleus to every part of the universal structure. Blissful Amrita, the nectar of immortality, pulsed through me like a quicksilver-like fluidity. The creative voice of God I heard resounding as Om, the vibration of the cosmic motor. Suddenly, the breath returned to my lungs. With a disappointment almost unbearable, I realized that my infinite immensity was lost. Once again, I was limited to the humiliating cage of a body, not easily accommodative to the spirit. Like a prodigal child, I had run away from my macrocosmic home and imprisoned myself in a narrow microcosm. That is absolutely astounding, Rich, and makes me envious. I wish I could experience that. Well, um, the point is that this is the center of every human being. They just haven't been able to realize it. But through the evolutionary process, eventually that they will, and that's the goal for humanity, to have that experience of themselves. But not just uh, the experience, but also uh, being in the physical body while they have that. So, for example, if you die, you'll be able to go to some higher worlds and have cosmic experiences in a sense, but you won't be here on the planet. Um, and so that's where you get to the, the kingdoms in nature and the evolutionary process. So the, um, the various kingdoms, there are five kingdoms in nature. Uh, if you include the spiritual kingdom above humanity, so there's the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, the animal kingdom, the human kingdom, and the spiritual kingdom, which is the beings who have become liberated and are staying behind to help humanity evolve. So each kingdom is an intelligence, each kingdom has a goal and a development of its own, and each kingdom evolves from the kingdom below it. So in the mineral kingdom, 
the, the quality it's trying to um, develop in itself uh, is what we would call discrimination because the minerals have to evolve into certain structures and they do this through discriminating various types of, of um, atoms and molecules in their structures. So in, the, the, in, in what we would see in the development of the mineral kingdom in its highest levels, we would see the, the metals, for example, the base metals like lead and, and iron. Uh, we would see at the next level, it evolved, evolves into the, the, the metals that we call gold and silver are standard metals. And then beyond that, it develops into crystals um, and gemstones, which is the highest development of the mineral kingdom. Um, the next, this is so in its evolution, it produces these higher and higher uh, quality forms. Um, in the vegetable kingdom, um, we have the experience of sensation being developed, and the um, we see it as involving as the grasses um, and the trees, and next in the flowering kingdom. So we see the beautiful flowers and their aromas are the highest expression of the vegetable kingdom. And then in the animal kingdom, it's developing uh, in a rudimentary intelligence, uh, we would call instinct. And we see that, and especially in the domestic animals, like the, the elephants and the, and the cats and the dogs, um, and anything that, uh, that has contact with humanity, and humanity is interacting with it to produce uh, more intelligence in the animal kingdoms. Then there's the human kingdom, which is a summation of the qualities of the others, but is, is also trying to develop full intelligence uh, and not just a rudimentary instinctive intelligence. Um, and that the goal for the human kingdom is to evolve into the spiritual kingdom, um, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of souls. Um, it already has the germ within it of those kingdoms and the quality that the next kingdom, the, the spiritual kingdom is developing fully is the experience of the oneness of love wisdom for all beings. So that's the goal for, for that kingdom and humanity is beginning to feel the beginnings of that in themselves. And then the, the, the highest development in, in the spiritual kingdom is trying to embody the full will or purpose of the being who ensouls this whole planet. So that the, um, the highest level on the planet is, is a center uh, esoterically called Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known, and that is basically creating this entire planet and all the evolutions on the planet, so that the energy of life is pouring through this entire planet, keeping it uh, alive from moment to moment, and that's references back to what Yogananda was describing as the motor, the cosmic motor, and so the being who ensouls this planet sounds the Om on its own high plane, and that produces this planet and everything on it. So if for some reason, which wouldn't happen, the logos of this planet, being who ensouls the planet, stops sounding the ohm, the whole planet would essentially just disappear because it wouldn't exist anymore. So this is kind of the spectrum of existence on our planet. So the, the being who ensouls the planet um, is expressing itself through all the kingdoms in nature, and especially the spiritual kingdom, uh, which is aspiring to, to have the consciousness of the being who ensouls the planet, which we call Shambhala, and that humanity is then the bridge between the higher spiritual kingdoms and the lower three kingdoms. So that's kind of a larger architecture of, of how this looks. Ah. Um, if 
in recapping that very thorough explanation, if you could just touch briefly upon once again, uh, and just briefly, uh, before we go on to uh, our next question and your next fascinating explanation, as humanity, for um, and particularly for um, people who are new to this information, if you could tell us just briefly again who we are, where we came from, and where we're going. Um, the um, the origin of humanity is from some very high plane of consciousness or consciousness and, and being. And um, 18 and a half million years ago, the vehicles at that time, the most developed part of the animal kingdom, which we would call early animal man, had these sparks of the divine um, implanted in early animal man. And that began this evolutionary process for humanity. So there's a lot of references in what Yogananda was saying about cosmic consciousness to fire. So the universe is actually fire, and that spark of individuality that each person has is, an, is a spark of the fire who is the whole being who ensouls this planet. And so the goal of the evolutionary process is to return to that experience of cosmic consciousness, that experience of cosmic oneness with the whole being who ensouls this planet. So that's the destiny and the goal. And in that process, and the reason why it's happening, is that humanity, by immersing itself individually as these sparks of the divine, into the lower kingdoms helps them to evolve. And so one of the goals of, of the hierarchy, this planetary hierarchy of masters, is to evolve consciousness in all the kingdoms in nature. So you've had this vast evolutionary process that's constantly going on from the lowest kingdoms, from the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, and the animal kingdom, and through the human kingdom, is to evolve to whatever the highest level of development that they are capable of in this particular planetary cycle. Mm. I think what strikes me most about that, Rich, is the unity that you're describing and expressing, which brings me to the title of one of Benjamin Krem's books, Unity in Diversity. And that ought to give our audience something to ponder upon, as the Master D.K. often said, the Master Joel Cole, who was said to overshadow Alice Bailey and her series of books. And it's certainly giving me something to ponder upon. So now that you've described humanity's origins and why we're here and where we're going and the kingdoms in nature, could you delve more into, which I know you've already touched upon, our central topic, what is the hierarchy? Uh, yes. So in this, ser there's a series of graded um, points in this evolutionary process. Um, and those points are basically where the soul is able to manifest itself in the various, what we call vehicles, the mental, emotional, and physical, are actually vehicles that humanity manifests through. So when you're in a physical body, you also have a subtle body, you have an emotional body, and you have a mental body, and those bodies are being evolved through the process of your incarnation. As these spiritual energies from the soul come through and stimulate these various bodies which are made up of small tiny lives um, and that produces the evolution of the body the the masters themselves the masters of wisdom the uh, 
the, the spiritual hierarchy look like human beings. They have bodies. The bodies are not have, have reached basically their point highest point of development, but what's now being evolved is higher states of awareness and consciousness. So the masters have cosmic consciousness and humanity's goal is to develop into that. There are um, 69, excuse me, 63 uh, masters in the spiritual hierarchy. Uh, the three highest embody the qualities of will or purpose, love, wisdom, and intelligence. And the, the being who is, is in charge of basically of the evolutionary process of consciousness we call the Christ or the Bodhisattva. It's like an office and um, the, the being who um, has that job or that, that role uh, in the hierarchy has it for a certain period of time and then moves on to higher work. So right now um, it's the Lord Maitreya who uh, occupies the office of the Christ and in this process of re that, that's probably the most uh, significant event that's happening in, in history of this planet. Um, after the implantation of those individual sparks in early animal man 18 and a half million years ago, what's happening now is that humanity will realize its higher aspect of itself and these great beings who are the spiritual hierarchy, much many of them um, will and their disciples will be part of our everyday world and will be known by everyone on the planet who they are and that's um, going to be a, this revolutionary time we're in that will be happening over the next hundreds of years yes fascinating um, it's it's hard to take all this in and yet you can't resist and and the more you you talk about this the more I and I'm sure the audience want to hear we'll just have to find a way to digest it all now you've touched upon the connection between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity. So let's delve into the topic of the new group of world servers. When they started, why they started, who began it, um, who are members, and uh, where that's taking us. Yes. So in the process of um, externalization of the hierarchy or the um, we have basically a speeding up process in this evolutionary process. There are cosmic energies which are coming into the planet now um, of greater magnitude than they have ever been in the past. And so in this great system of cycles of energy coming in and going out of the planet, they're being made use of by the spiritual hierarchy to speed up this evolution of, of humanity. And when they do that, that means that there are now thousands and thousands of people that are ready to enter the hierarchy. So this puts a challenge to them to um, use different approaches than they had in the past when there were just a few people who were going through this process to enter the hierarchy. So these, um, what are called initiations, there are graded expansions of consciousness, uh, starting off with the physical plane. And you can see that manifesting today because there are millions of people around the world who are now working with their physical bodies through exercise, through bicycling, through jogging, marathons, paying attention to their health. This is all pre preliminary to taking of the first initiation. So you can see that this is going on in all countries around the world. People are becoming more conscious of their bodies and trying to facilitate their development. 
Then after a number of lifetimes, say six or seven lifetimes, going through this process, their consciousness will be expanded at the second initiation into a control of their emotional vehicle. And then shortly thereafter, the mental, emotional, and physical bodies will be synthesized essentially by the soul as, and, and emerged into a soul-infused personality. And that they call the third initiation. Um, at the next initiation, um, the soul will be no longer needed as an intermediary principle. Um, the, the aspect of humanity, the highest aspect, the spark of God, which they call the monad, will then be able to be in direct contact with the physical vehicle down below that's been prepared through this evolutionary process. And the being who was this, acting as the soul, the intermediary, uh, plus the experience that is has had will return to its high source on the cosmic mental plane, and human beings then uh, will be soul, will be monad-infused, spiritual-infused, cosmic consciousness-infused individual beings. And when that happens, they will be in direct touch with the purpose of this planet through that being who ensouls the planet that they were calling the planetary logos. So the final, these initiations, the first two initiations are performed for humanity individually by the Christ. That's his job as the being who ensouls the love and wisdom aspect, the evolutionary force in, in consciousness. So that's, that's his role, is to get, bring humanity into, huma into the hierarchy through the first and second initiations. Then the third and higher initiations are performed by the being who ensouls this planet as an individuality that's called, in the Ageless Wisdom teaching, Sanat Kumara, who is a, a being who in, in, went through the human stage in some many early solar systems, is now here as the representative on the physical, etheric level of the being who ensouls this whole planet. So there is an individual um, who that we see as the being who ensouls the planet. We can see them as a, an individual being, a person with a physical body, but exists on the subtle planes um, in a center which is, is called Shambhala. So this is the kind of the evolutionary process. Um, when a person has... Um, achieved masterhood when they've achieved that continuous state of cosmic consciousness, they can evolve off the planet uh, to higher planes. There are higher planets in the solar system than the Earth, and at that point, um, they leave the planet. So there are these seven paths that you can take once you've graduated from the planet, from the, basically a school, in a sense, school for developing consciousness, and that uh, goal of leaving the planet is achieved by most of the of humanity in the future, uh, but the few remain behind as the teachers of the race. So those teachers uh, of teachers of qualities of livingness, mental, emotional, and physical, uh, will, love, intelligence, those few people will remain behind to help humanity evolve, while the majority of the, of humanity will leave the planet to, to higher realms, basically. So that's that kind of evolutionary process that goes on from a larger standpoint. I see. My goodness. Um, it sounds like a long process, something that, as I think you mentioned, takes many lifetimes. And I was wondering, too, if you could, now that you've mentioned some of the members um, of the hierarchy, some of the new group of world servers 
that we're familiar with, both in different fields and different parts of the planet. All right, so the new group of world servers was established in 1925 to act as a bridge between hierarchy and humanity. Uh, because this speeding up process means that there'll be thousands and eventually millions of people that will go through the evolutionary process and become part of the hierarchy and then move on from there. Um, that bridge of, of, of people who are the most spiritually evolved of humanity, just on the verge of entering the hierarchy, um, are, there's two parts to that group. Um, one is people we would call humanitarians, the people who have a great love for helping humanity in some way. And others, the second group is actually junior members in a way of the hierarchy of first and second degree initiates um, who are more in contact with the, the, the purpose uh, and the plan of, of hierarchy. So um, I guess it, it has to be emphasized that there is a plan working out for all this evolutionary process, not just the lower kingdoms in nature, but also humanity. So the plan is administered and created by the hierarchy um, for humanity, these, these forms we would call cultures, and their resulting civilizations. If you look down through history, you can see that humanity's history has consisted, historically as, as we understand it, um, of many civilizations, both in the East and the West, over thousands of years. They have come and gone, and during any given civilization, uh, humanity of that, of that civilization will develop certain qualities, and uh, will then that the uh, civilization will then come to an end, and the new life will form another, go to a different uh, time and space, and form uh, a new uh, civilization, which again allows humanity to evolve some more, and that just goes on for thousands of years. <clears throat> so now what's happening is that humanity is beginning to see itself as one humanity, as one family, and that's never happened before. Um, and that's a result of this evolutionary process and these energies that are speeding up the evolution on this planet and, and allowing hierarchy then to work more closely with humanity. Uh, and so that's what the new group of world servers do. They bring the ideas from hierarchy uh, into humanity through whatever field that they're working in. And so uh, three examples of, from the past of these, of these people who are doing this. Uh, the first one I thought of was Rachel Carson, uh, her work in ecology, um, and her um, book Silent Spring, which alerted people to the effect that we're having on our environment and in nature. The second person I thought of would be Jonas Salk, who worked in science and medicine, and who brought through the polio vaccine, which alleviated the suffering of millions of people, potentially. And <clears throat> when asked whether he was going to patent um, his discovery, uh, he said, no, how can you patent the sun? It belongs to all of humanity. Um, the third person I thought of was Eleanor Roosevelt, who was one of the main uh, persons driving the force of the United Nations, and she was behind the, the Declaration of Human Rights, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So you can see in different fields, she was basically in politics and in, in media working with the public, uh, in science, um, in ecology, uh, all humanitarians, all bringing through from hierarchy certain ideas that will have an effect on the mass of humanity through the work that they were doing. So um, those are good examples, I think, of new group of world servers.
but there's there's thousands and thousands of people who are uh, working in this capacity around the world and developing into now millions of people around the world who are trying to help humanity. But there are also forces which are trying to offset the work of the hierarchy to produce higher consciousness, and these we call the forces of materiality. You can see that working out today, um, where um, wherever totalitarian forces, whether at country level or at the individual level, at uh, the state level and in, 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 um, in politics, they're trying to keep process this process of evolution from moving forward. So they're putting up roadblocks wherever they can. And so that's why we see there's a kind of a, a war going on between the forces of light, the forces of, of hierarchy, the forces of God, working to overcome the materiality that humanity is immersed in. So when spirit descends into matter, when the individual souls are immersed in the lower aspects of matter, they have to extricate themselves through this evolutionary process, and there are forces which are holding up the matter aspect and trying to keep that uh, from happening, essentially retarding that process as much as possible, and you can see that uh, working out today uh, at the great ideologies, pro and con, uh, for humanity or against humanity. It's encouraging to know that all these forces are at play um, every hour of the day going on for thousands of years and that despite all the chaos that we're suffering through now, there is a parallel course, a parallel development, a parallel movement towards progress and that the spiritual energy is breaking up the inertia of materiality and forcing us, even when we don't want to, to move forward. And so in line with that, how is this energy manifesting today? Where do we see that taking effect in current in important current events today, like the environment, for example? Well, um, I don't know if you follow the media on a daily basis, but you should. And you can see in every aspect of human life, there is conflict going on um, especially in, in certain countries like the United States, which is the most materialistic country in the world, but then also has the most spiritual potential. And so you're seeing that working out through politics and through business and um, through the need, the demand for justice, uh, environmental justice, racial justice, economic justice. Those are the qualities uh, of the hierarchy. Um, the recognition of oneness and unity for all of humanity whereas the forces of materiality are trying to separate people. And um, so you're seeing that force of separation going on, the rich and the poor, the black and the white, uh, the, the, the people who are um, essentially wanting to move forward and the people who are not wanting to move forward. One of the effects of these energies um, that are coming in so powerfully nowadays is to produce a polarization of, of ideologies, you could say. Um, there are people who are not able to move forward because they're still too most immersed in the matter aspect. So that's creating a lot of fear. That's the result of these energies pouring in. Meanwhile, the people who are receptive to these energies um, are finding the demand for justice now coming into their own lives. They're taking to the streets by the millions. So you see these two polarities, groups who don't want to change. They're frightened by the change that's going on in so many different areas in life. And the people who feel that they, they, it's almost like a spiritual demand in themselves that they have to step up and start taking action in some way. So ultimately, the political field is the, the, the one that has to change. 
because that's where the power lies. The structures are controlled by politics. The, the, the structure of government controls business, for example. Wow. Um, that's almost too much to take in at this point. But at the same time, it's so encouraging and uplifting that I think we, um, everyone that hears it would want to embrace it. So with these two competing energies, Rich, based on what's happening now, who would you say, light or darkness, has the upper hand at this point, and how long has that been so? Um, I think that it's been relatively equal um, as a result of the, of the World War, which was basically, looks like two wars, but in fact that's one war. Um, the um, energies of, of humanity's past have been crystallized into a war so that it has to make a choice about what direction it was going to go. And so we had the forces of the Axis powers that, that represented materiality and the forces of the United Nations, which had the backing of hierarchy um, to overcome that. And so that conflict, which according to the Ageless Wisdom has been going on for millions of years on the higher planes, was now focused by the karma of humanity down to the physical plane. And the most important aspect, result of that was that the hierarchy could then come back and the Christ was allowed to return onto the physical plane. Uh, prior to the end of the war, it was not determined uh, whether he would be able to come in a physical body or only on some higher plane of the mental or the, the astral plane, the emotional plane. So that was a big result of the war was that it now meant that, that the Christ, Maitreya, could come forward uh, in a physical body during this next uh, period which we're involved in now. And we're seeing that working out. Uh, it, it, it's really a matter of interpreting events when you can see that there is some kind of a plan working out um, behind all of these events which are leading to conflict. Um, essentially, the way the hierarchy works to produce con to, to, to produce consciousness in people is by creating crises. So these crises are actually being precipitated out. And a crisis creates, in an individual and a group, it creates a kind of an experience of having to make a decision. A uh, crisis produces um, a conflict, an inner conflict in the person, and each individual then has to decide for themselves what they're going to do, and some people ref just refuse to, to move forward, to think about it, to talk about it, and the other people then find that they want to look for people who are like-minded, and that's why you see groups forming on both sides. The fact that we have millions of young people taking to the streets demanding a future, we're not destroying this planet, they're being energized by these energies, these positive energies, for change, so that's how you're you're really seeing um, groups. The 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 three uh, we can talk about the uh, seven ashrams, the seven divisions of the hierarchy. Um, three are coming out now, and you see them represented by politics, um, which is the first ray of energy. Um, you're seeing the fifth ray of science. The scientists are working. The, the scientists who are working for the United Nations. Um, inter uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, which 
for the last 25 years have been coming out with reports telling us how we're destroying the planet, they are an expression of the hierarchy, the new group of world servers. The progressive people like Bernie Sanders and um, AOC and Congress, they're representing the spiritual aspect, the, the desire for humanity for a better life, for justice. And then the educational, the second Ray Ashram, are people who are getting this information out like Planetary Makeover, they're putting this information out to the public, and so that's their job uh, working on this. So those three groups um, are working now to help bring this forward and into the consciousness of, of people all over the world. All that information is truly liberating, Rich, especially when we think about things that you mentioned, such as the world wars, when so much of humanity looks upon that as merely destructive and a terrible tragedy, which of course it was, but don't realize that there is a silver lining to all this conflict and that perhaps in the future we won't have to relate to that because humanity won't set up the kind of circumstances that necessitate a war and that type of release of energy. And speaking of energy, you had mentioned of the rays. And could you go into that a little bit more and describe what these seven rays are? Uh, Yes. We had mentioned that there are energies pouring into the planet, And these energies come from uh, outside the solar system. They come in uh, through the sun, and they're then sent out through the planets. Um, Every planet is evolving, uh, just as the Earth is evolving. They have their humanity on every planet. And uh, the being who ensouls the solar system has a purpose that's working out through the solar system. And in order to um, have that purpose working out, energies are made use of by the various hierarchies in the solar system um, on very on the planets and those energies come in cyclically um, and there's these seven energies which are called in esotericism the seven rays have different quality what we see as different qualities they obviously have their own nature on higher planes or higher spheres um, but we see them as seven qualities that we could have psychological correspondences to that would allow us to get a better grip on what what they are. So the first ray uh, is called will or purpose. The second ray is love wisdom. The third ray is active intelligence. Now these three rays um, are the three rays, what they call three rays of aspect, and the, the four lower rays are the four rays of attribute. So the four lower rays actually fall under the third ray of active intelligence. So if the fourth ray um, is called harmony through conflict, uh, the fifth ray is science or concrete knowledge, uh, the sixth ray is de- spiritual, uh, I would say, um, spiritual idealism or devotion to a cause, and the seventh ray is a, a pattern forming um, what we call ceremonial order or magic. And each one of those rays of attribute um, are controlled in the hierarchy by the the third great lord that's called the lord of civilization. So the first ray energies are controlled by the, the being who is called the Manu, uh, will or purpose. The second is the energies, as we mentioned, of the, the office called the Bodhisattva or the Christ, and the third is called the in, in esoteric tradition the the, the Maha Chohan or um, the Lord of Civilization. 
So in this process where um, humanity grows through a civilization that's created um, by the highest aspects of, of, of humanity at a particular point in time, they generate the energies we call culture. Um, they get their energies from the hierarchy. Um, and then as it filters down through the, the general public, it becomes what we call the culture of a particular time. And it's through those cultures that humanity has uh, some structure to grow and develop certain qualities, the spiritual qualities. So as these rays cycle into incarnation or out of incarnation, they come in for hundreds or thousands of years, the hierarchy then will use those energies, those rays, in that timetable to produce certain results in humanity. So they, they are not in charge of when those energies come in or go out. Those energies are controlled from much higher levels through the planets, for example, in the, in the system. Each one of the planets, uh, in, a, in a way, manifests that energy from the sun and from outside the solar system. And so we see it on our plane in terms of time. We see them coming out in time. One thing that that's, that experience of cosmic consciousness was illustrating was not just the universe's fire, but the universe is also outside of time and space. He was seeing the entire universe forming and reforming constantly over billions and billions of years, but he was seeing it almost in real time. So that's being outside of time. So these energies are flowing in, but when we see them on the physical plane, we see them coming through in time in terms of a 100-year cycle or a 500-year cycle. And that's what the masters are using to produce these cultures and civilizations and therefore evolution uh, of humanity through those forms. So the, the, the reason it's called the Lord of Civilization is that that's the trellis in a, in a way that humanity is growing on and that those civilizations seem to, to, to come and, and dissolve and they grow uh, and they're dissolved back in and other civilizations then uh, come back and so on. So there has to be a structure. That's why the, the energy of intelligence is needed to produce these this growth process for humanity because it's trying to develop the mind principle, uh, the principle of, of active intelligence. So that's important in terms of development, but at the same time, the will or purpose of the planetary logos, the being who ensouls the planet, is coming in through the first ray energy, and that's the energy of purpose, the energy of life itself comes through that. So in order to uh, bring certain civilizations to an end, certain cycles, certain ideologies, um, certain ways of thinking and feeling. The energy of this destructive aspect of the first ray is brought in to essentially dissolve that civilization and make a way for the new energies coming in through the growth aspect, which is the second aspect. So love and wisdom produces the energy which, which allows forms to then new forms, new life to be created. So there's a relationship between these three, between life and death, between birth and, and, and rebirth, um, and then the structures which are formed in each one of those impulses we call the, the ray of active intelligence, the science, uh, the business, the education, the religion, all those forms 
than are a manifestation of the culture and civilization of a particular time and place for humanity. So we're seeing constantly uh, a flow of creation and destruction, creation to destruction, because from the from the master's point of view, they see that that life is not there's no destruction of life. Life keeps growing. Uh, it's only the forms which are dissolved essentially, and then new life is allowed to re- reform back into um, new forms. So from their point of view, they see humanity as the sparks of the divine who leave incarnation, then come back into incarnation again in different forms, and that process is continuing on and on under in the context of the plan which they are developing uh, for all of humanity through thousands and thousands of years. So from their point of view, humanity, no one ever dies, they just leave incarnation. DK, the, the master who was putting out the information through Alice Bailey, was saying that was the greatest accomplishment of the forces of evil, the forces of darkness, is to instill the fear of death in humanity. So, humanity on this planet, everyone has uh, a, some kind of a great fear of dying, when in fact it's a liberation from this form that we're in. Um, it's a part of living and part of dying. So, if you look at nature, you see that there's always seasons. Nature dies off and then comes back in the spring, dies off in the winter, and so that is a very natural process for all life on the planet. It just goes through cycles, and so one of the goals of of the hierarchy is to have humanity see this as a a natural process so that they're not fearful of, of death anymore, of dissolving of old forms. So the conservative uh, aspect of, of humanity's civilization right now, which is dying, is trying to hold on to the old forms. And the energies that are coming in are speeding up this evolutionary process, and there's a large part of humanity which is so bound to the old materialistic view, the experience of, of the past, that they can't let it go, and it's causing them great distress. Um, whereas the uh, energies coming in and the young people especially who are coming in on the flood a flood of new growth and new development in the future are reveling in that energy but they're also up against the old structures so we have this conflict now with people holding on to the old structures you can see that in terms of the fossil fuel industry the greed of of the wealthy people the corporations who are trying to hold on to the old structures governments which are trying to hold on to old forms and um, the young people coming in but they they don't have the power yet and they're looking for uh, how to find themselves and so one of the the greatest things that's happening now through technology is that we're realizing we're one one people through the technologies of the internet for example and through telephone uh, the, the cell phones you can call anybody on the planet basically if you have their cell phone number so um, we're one not just in a theoretical sense but in a physical sense um, we're also having effects on the environment we're now seeing that the plastic that we use in everyday life is ending up on the top of the highest mountains and the bottom of the lowest oceans and in our bodies we're seeing and so that's another way that we're basically seeing that we're having an effect uh, on the planet, individually and collectively. Uh, the same with the weather, the, the superheat that's going on in India and Pakistan, the 
uh, cold that's sweeping across places that were never that super frigid before as uh, the jet stream blows down the, the polar vortex. We're seeing extremes of all kinds, the hurricanes, the tornadoes in places that have never been seen before. So the the process uh, is affecting all of nature, not just the human kingdom, but all the kingdoms in nature are being affected uh, by this acceleration process of the new energies coming in. So these are the effects of the rays. Uh, the rays are being intelligently controlled or manipulated um, as they are available by the hierarchy. And so they plan ahead thousands of years because they know when the rays are coming in and going out. So their work extends thousands of years into the future as to the formulation of a plan, but they're also getting feedback from the developmental level of humanity itself and what it can take. So right now we're seeing the greatest um, change on the planet since the early animal man was impregnated by those sparks of the divine 18 and a half million years ago that began the evolutionary process. We are now at the point where people will realize that they're they're back one again when when you get split into so many different separate bodies you're separated from everybody else and now we're recognizing our oneness through many different ways uh, at the same time there's a large aspect of humanity which is fearful cannot move forward and is reacting against those new energies which are coming in very good very good that was a extremely comprehensive and encouraging revelation which points to the need for both education and given the time spans you're talking about, patience. Well, Rich, this was a tremendous topic of incredible breadth and depth, and so we're clearly going to have to have you on again. But before we leave, and we've only got about a minute and a half, you could give me a very quick explanation of the Day of Declaration. Yes. The uh, process of externalization will continue despite these setbacks. It will grow as more and more disciples take up positions around the world, positions of authority, not because they're members of the hierarchy, but because they're very competent, skilled, and enlightened people who have the, the best uh, of, of humanity in their hearts, and they will be seen as the most competent people for these jobs, whether they're working in government or in business or in science or in education or religion. So this will be the, the continuation and expansion of this externalization of the hierarchy through their disciples in the world. Eventually, and you can see it's going to take some time to turn the whole planet around and basically save uh, all of our kingdoms in nature from the destructive aspects that are going on. That humanity, as the educational process continues, like planetary makeover is doing, um, the presence, the existence of the hierarchy will become public knowledge. And that the, the ashrams of the masters will begin to become public knowledge. Um, and there are five focal points for the energies that are pouring into the planet that we call cities. And that's New York and London, Geneva, Darjeeling, and Tokyo. And each one of those centers is responsible for the dissemination of the spiritual energies coming into the planet for a different region of the planet. So in the New York area, the energies will, will flow through the North and South America. London will be responsible for what used to be the Commonwealth or what is the Commonwealth of Nations. 
including parts of Africa. Uh, Geneva will be uh, most of Europe. Tokyo will be the Far East. And Darjeeling, which is in North India, uh, will be the Central Asia, including South Asia. So the energies, the spiritual energies of will and purpose and intelligence and love wisdom will be pouring in through those cities. And there's an, ash there's an ashram of one of the masters at each one of those focal points. And in the future, as this educational process, which you're engaged in, expands, these centers, these five centers will be in touch with each other. There will be, everybody will know that they're there. They know that there's disciples there and the master there, and they will be looking to them for, for help to solve the problems of the world as well. And that at some point, at some point, the there will be an awareness also of the nature of the hierarchy and of the Christ, and that the most enlightened, the most educated people, the most competent people, will be looking for the Christ to return, and um, there will be a wave of spiritual inspiration which will sweep through the planet, and on that wave of, of spiritual inspiration, the Christ, Maitreya, will be able to come forward and address the world in the Day of Declaration. Rich, that was an astounding explanation of this vast topic, which for many of us, the contents of which was a revelation and an incredible education. So we're definitely going to have to have you back again so that you can enlighten us more on this broad topic that is such a challenge to grasp. And here on Planetary Makeover, that is our primary goal. And so... I'm not sure when you'll be back, but we hope it'll be soon. And all of us here at Planetary Makeover want to thank the audience for tuning in and we'll be back soon. And you can watch us streaming online at any time. I'm your host, David Minot, and thank you so much, Rich, for joining us. Thank you, David. And we will see you, Rich, and we'll see you, the audience, again very soon. Thank you. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of planetarymakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternationalwest.org. That's shareinternational-west.org. For related books in DVDs and CDs by Benjamin Krem on the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher, please go to share-ecart.com. That's share-ecart.com. Com. We also invite you to watch another show that we really love entitled What in the World is Happening? And the link to check it out is share-international.ca or visit the Share International Canada Facebook page.